Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is musician, author, co-host of the Bat Fan Addict Podcast, and host of the Take 92 Podcast, Sammy Warmhands. Sammy, welcome to the show. Howdy. This is really cool. You have been working on this new album for a couple years now, uh, yes. and it's it's uh, intense. It's very It's punk rock music. You are somebody that does a lot of different music, if anybody knows uh, your work, you have a plethora of hip hop music, uh, punk rock music. You've also done some just acoustic guitar cover songs and, and originals and all kinds of stuff. Probably one of the most broad and, uh, extensive catalogs in uh, definitely in Lane County, but maybe anywhere. So it's always a treat to talk to you. Cause I think you have a vast knowledge about making music of many different genres, but you do it well. It's impressive because there's a lot of people that combine hip hop and punk nowadays, but you you kind of keep them separate and you do them both really well. So it's it's kind of it's kind of great. Uh, yeah, I think they have like a, a kindred spirit for sure, but I, I don't really try to do like a, a mashup thing. You know, they're two things that I, I love deeply, kind of independent of each other. Um, but it's cool because, you know, anytime that I come back and we can talk about something completely yeah, different yeah. than the last time I was on. Yeah. This know? is, I think the third time, the first time was really yeah. just about your music to, and, and anytime it's the first time I have a guest on, it's kind of like to introduce to my audience, uh, you know, and then the second time we talked about your book, uh, yeah. and which is really cool talking about, uh, stories from the road, uh, and touring and well, you know, you're not touring as much, but you are doing a show in Eugene. You just did one in Portland. So that we'll talk about that at the end. Yep. But that's a big deal, you know, to be doing uh, live shows again after this, you know, I, I, everyone says after COVID, we're still in the thick of it, but definitely yeah, starting to kind of learn to live with it, you know. Uh, before we get started, I want to I want to mention that if you'd like to donate to the show, you can go to PayPal or Patreon or you can go to strpod.com and donate to PayPal or Patreon. That's how you become a monthly sponsor. Or if you'd like to make a quick donation, you can go to Venmo and you just at spent the rent and make a quick donation. And the money goes to, I'm trying to start advertising and reaching a bigger audience. I've kind of built my small community of guests, past guests, and then their friends. And now I'd like to broaden it and, and to try to reach a bigger audience. So I need help with donations to make that uh, happen with sponsorships and, and advertising. So Sammy Warmhands, the, the band is called Dead Fucking Serious, uh, DFS. Yes, DFS. On Facebook, it's DFS Punk. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes. Yeah, they deleted our page uh, after years of letting us have it and growing our following. They decided out of nowhere. I didn't even realize it happened. 
wow. know, until I went went to promote the new record and it was just gone. So yeah, but uh, Instagram is what we use mostly at Dead Fucking Serious. Yeah. So uh, the new album is called Clandemic, and it's a pretty intense uh, imagery on the album cover. The album covers a COVID mask wearing Jesus on a crucifix, adorned with MAGA hats. And then clan hoods in the backdrop. I, I was going to have a picture of it. Here we go. Yeah. And it's pretty intense. And it's it's interesting. I mean, the clan hoods are subtle if you don't look deep into it. Uh, yeah, it's not something you would necessarily notice if you uh, stream your music. But if you uh, have the, the real thing, um, it's definitely uh, <laughs> all over. Yeah. And so it's pretty intense imagery. Tell me what the motivation was to create this album. Well, we were on hiatus. So in 2019, we put out our album Peril. And uh, as we were booking that tour, we found out that our drummer, Kellen Holty, was expecting his first child. And so it was like, all right, well, we got to shorten the tour and, uh, you know, go on on break for a year. And so, of course, everyone winds up going on break for a year because the pandemic started. Um and when that happened, I sort of just watched as like each of my friends and family would be like, oh, my work closed. They sent me home. Oh, my work closed. They sent me home. Right. And I'm like, OK, I'm next. Right. I'm next. Right. And it turned out the job that I had was now considered an essential worker. Uh, and so what I um, experienced to me, it was very traumatic because I already had some like undiagnosed OCD going on. But um, when that happened, it was it, it was like you you're shaking when you're eating your cereal every morning. You feel like you're going to throw up, you know, just because you have to leave the house into this unknown and you're hearing all these stories about people dying. And um, and so in March 2020, I wrote uh, the first song on the album called Panicdote, and it's just all of those fears and concerns and projections, predictions, all of those things wrapped into uh, a, a song that's about five times the length of one of our typical songs. Uh, so it was, it was uh, just one of the craziest periods in my whole life. And I had so much to get off my chest that it just came out. And, you know, uh, throughout the year of, insanity that was 2020 i kept writing and, and writing and, and developed a full album yeah so the song panic Dope, on the for the audio version of this podcast we will be playing it at the end for the video i'm really not allowed to play music because of copyright reasons on youtube and facebook they get they get stupid with it so as you see below you anyone watching this take 92.com is where you can listen to the full album and then also like i said on the audio of this podcast you'll be able to check it out and we'll talk about that as we go along too uh, and if you're here on, on YouTube, uh, on my channel, uh, you can just type dead fucking serious panicdote and uh, there's a lyric video for the whole song. Nice. It's a good one. And it is very long because a lot of times you're, this is a punk album. Most of your songs are a couple minutes long, you know. Three, no, no, three. not even. Our, our average, I actually did like a breakdown and the average DFS song is 45 seconds. Yeah. Um, and this song is nearly five minutes yeah it's so. a, and it's a good one so we'll be playing that at the end for the audio guests and i'll remind everybody how to find it if you're watching this uh so now i want to talk about clandemic and what it means the urban dictionary yeah. definition for clandemic is an exponential spread of white supremacy in a community that, that's what it said on urban dictionary uh that's around. wild yeah i i didn't even know that had been uh used elsewhere 
Um, but for me, I had thought of the image because Winston Smith from San Francisco, he's a collage artist and he's done, I don't know if you can see this uh, tape. He did our first full-length album, Squalor. He did our second full-length album, Peril. They're all hand-cut collages. You know, the last one was a big anti-violence record, so it's all like um, the letters are made of cut-up guns and it's overlaid over uh, all these uh, bullets. And then the new one, um, he has a classic album. He did a bunch for the Dead Kennedys um, in, the, uh, in the 80s. And one of them was this basic format. The, the, the cross was made of dollar bills. And it was this golden, like he calls it bowling trophy Jesus. And uh, the background was uh, barcodes. And the record was called In God We Trust Incorporated. And so it's one of the most famous punk rock albums. It's one of my favorite punk rock album covers. And as we were developing the songs, you know, and, and I'm doing this alone. I didn't have my drummer to bounce ideas off of this time. You know, you can't get together with anyone during this time in 2020 while I'm writing. And so I, as the concept is starting to take hold, I thought of that image. Yeah. And I hit up Winston and I was like, yo, what do you think of this? And I had like a crude Photoshop, like, hey, what do you think of this? Because to me, there's a lot of symbolism. And like he was talking about false idols and, and consumerism and, and sort of the, the televangelist era, right? Because that's what was happening in the early 80s, the Falwells and Reagan and all that. Um, and in this, I thought, you take this compassionate figure, right? So Christ would be the first person to make a sacrifice. I mean, that's the whole that's metaphor the whole story. here, yeah. right? Is, is that he would sacrifice to help others. And so he's going to put on his mask. And so had that on there. And meanwhile, the people who worship him, in theory, are actually uh, the biggest uh, you know, demographic of Trump supporters, right? And so there's already a little bit of a, a uh, juxtaposition there, a contrast in ideals, right? And then I've written about this in even my rap music, sort of the history behind it. You know, you have the David Dukes and uh, Don Blacks from the actual clan saying like, oh, Tucker Carlson is our, <laughs> is our savior. You know, he's normalizing this stuff into politics. There's no scary hoods. You know, it's like when Chuck D said, now the KKK wears three-piece suits, right? That was 30 years ago. Yeah. And now we're seeing what some might have thought was reactionary or hyperbolic. No, you're actually seeing that literally that uh, people who ran the Klan are endorsing candidates right. that have run the whole country and become completely normalized. And so... The title came with it around the same time, and there's a title track where I talk about the spread of a virus, and throughout the course of the song, you realize that the virus is fascism, right. racism, misinformation, all of these things that are wrapped up in um, this shifting tide that we've been a part of for the last five years. Yeah, punk rock is often completely misunderstood, and to me... The art, actually, what it really just, it's pretty simple. What it means is that you just don't care what anyone else thinks, that you're going to do things your own way. And so often it's anti-establishment, but more specifically, like you mentioned, anti-fascist. 
how yeah, we, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I just think that there's a lot said about what is or isn't punk or if you do something for the sake of shock value, you know, and we had a lot of conversations behind the scenes about the last album, Peril, for example, because my initial reaction was like, you know, I always think back to Vietnam and like what got the war to change? What what galvanized the protesters, right? It was seeing the actuality of what happened. You know, we didn't see that with Iraq and Afghanistan. That's why we're there so fucking long. You know, if you see the actual horror. And so I wanted to put up, um, like there was a trend of, uh, uh, on Twitter, all of these um, uh, doctors and nurses in uh, emergency rooms were, were posting after, I don't know if it, I think it was after Parkland, the shooting in Florida, um, they were posting all the blood soaked, you know, r ruins of their operating table and all over the floor and all over their clothes and all this shit. And I wanted to put up something really horrific like that. Uh, and we thought, well, what is a way that isn't just shock value that isn't exploitative of the victims, but gets you to think, you know? makes you pause for a moment. And so this to me is one of those, like maybe at first glance, uh, I don't know what someone's reaction would be to it, but I mean, I heard, told you off air, we've had problems with the distributor. We had problems yeah. with the manufacturer. Um, you know, it's definitely striking, but it's the kind of thing that you want people to think about and to talk about because we wouldn't be singing about this shit if it didn't mean something to us on a very deep level. Yeah. I mean, and we're seeing, you know, I think it would be, uh, we like, we have to talk about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, you know, and, and yeah. how, and, and these kind of things in music, a lot of times you'll have in punk rock all the way, classic rock, all music has been, there's two types of music. There's love songs and protest songs in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion. And so, you know, punk rock, a lot of stuff that was talked about, 30 years ago is now mainstream. And then you get, you get people with talking heads and whatnot. Like, I can't believe nobody's been talking about this. I'm like, Oh my God, maybe you should look past the offensive album cover and listen to its content because it's, yeah, a, it's well, a call to action. When we had the issue with uh, the distributor, not wanting to put out the, the record, um, I explained to them the history of the album cover and Winston Smith and dead Kennedy's right. And I said, and what is the most famous song on that? Dead Kennedy's EP, Nazi punks fuck off. So, you know, there's an anti-racist, anti-fascist yeah. history here that, that runs through all of it. Like you can look at anything I've put out since I was in high school till now and take the same, you know, anti-racist, anti-violent messages from it. So like, there's no way that this could be misinterpreted if anyone thought for two seconds about who was saying it or you know, who, who was yeah. who was putting up this image and what right. what do you think that intent is you know there's plenty of precedent here so let's talk a little bit about i mean genres of music get get goofy but there's so many sub genres in punk rock and i'm not even necessarily sure if i'm interested but dead dead fucking serious is pretty traditional you know i mean it's heavy fast pretty angry <laughs> you know the the anger, like you had kind of alluded to earlier, stems from frustrations and like the changes in our society. Would you say that that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I consider DFS hardcore punk. You know, we don't quite belong with the hardcore kids and we don't quite belong with the uh, 
the, the straight up punk rockers. Um, but it, it's it's straightforward riffs and ideas presented in a very unorthodox way. Um, arrangement is really, really important to us. If you listen to even the shortest songs, they move in unconventional ways. You know, we don't play the thing eight times. We play it like three and a half times. And we do that for one and a half times. And, you know, it keeps you guessing, keeps you moving. And in terms of the anger and the message, you know, with hip hop, you and I have talked about how, how great it is that you have this huge blank canvas to explore a topic with your words and you can go in so much depth and detail, right? And with hardcore, I feel so satisfied being able to distill some primal, deep fear or anger or sadness or grief or something like that into a 30-second song or something that helps you just exercise that pain get that out of your system you know and so to me there's a great catharsis in this band and i've in all sincerity you know when people talk about you know things being too much or whatever i'd be like start a punk band just do just go and yell about the things that are upsetting you you'll feel better yeah by the time it's over you'll be so tired you're like okay i'm relaxed now you right know? and i think that people um, don't understand that when they don't listen to the genre that that's what the audience gets to set, share with the artists you know so the, yeah i mean they really get to i mean i'm a, we both are huge fans of no effects sometimes yes. i wonder did i learn i did learn from them from from the lyrics from the just the the attitude of like just have fun, live your life because all these outside stresses are always going to get worse. It feels like, you know, so you just have to like find your lane, but just in general. And and it's also, you know, watching fat Mike, he's a train wreck because he's a conflicted person. So as I've gotten older, I've got different feelings towards it too, but I'm grateful to find that music. Propaganda is a good example as well, where it's just so, and it's so like they found a way to, to make social justice warrior music, but, but to make it sound tough. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's so it's such a fine line because a lot of times it sounds whiny or whatever with that kind of music, but no, well, not yeah, what- they're they're continuing that tradition of what Biafra did in the Dead Kennedys. You know, they're using a lot of satire and irony and stuff in in their lyrics, and you know the way that it's um, sort of a takedown without being just a you know us versus them sort of yeah. setup in in your lyric. You know, and and speaking of no effects. Uh, you know, I've covered the decline nu- numerous times. Their big, you know, magnum opus, and uh, that was a, a a big influence in. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, that was a big influence in um, the opening song, Panicdote. Is kind of our version of the decline in that it has, um, you know, verse, chorus elements and callbacks throughout it, but it has these deep peaks and valleys and long extended bridges and really interesting musical movements that don't conform to regular song structure. So yeah, they're, they're a huge influence on me. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, and you, you've done a cover of no effects, the decline. Uh, it's awesome. So anybody it's, that's interested, go to your YouTube channel. Uh, and it's, it's just Sammy Warmhands, correct? Yeah. Just Sammy yeah. Warmhands. And look at the, there's, they go all the way back to 2009. I've done it a few times, but the, the new one that came out this year is, is uh, much, much better. Uh, it's with my friend, the punk cellist yeah. and uh, 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 punk rockette. 
they did. Uh, they, they both just brought it to a whole other level. So I want to talk a little bit. First of all, before I move on, I want to remind people, I'm going to say it a bunch. Take92.com is where you're going to find the album Clandemic. You can buy a digital copy. You can buy a CD. There, there's a lot of merch. Uh, there was skateboards available. I think there's maybe one left. One uh, they're sixty dollars. They're amazing skate decks. I kind of want to buy one, but I, I don't know if, you know. And the show, if if it hasn't sold, you'll have it at the show. Uh, we'll talk about the show, but before I go too far, yeah, we're far, playing on Thursday, June thirtieth, June, uh, June thirtieth. Where's that at? John Henry's. It's here at in the Eugene. new John we're Henry's. Yeah. Opening for Negative Approach. So, so we'll um, mention that again because be our... we're going to talk a little bit about live performance and, and how, what the Portland show meant and getting out and how that was. But before I want to kind of ask you about something kind of interesting that's happening in main, in mainstream music, uh, really with Machine Gun Kelly, uh, that, you know, I've always been a fan of pop punk bands like Green Day, Blink-182, and then probably more underground bands like No Effects, Bad Religion, Pro- Propagandi. Uh, but it seems like there's an attempt at a comeback to mainstream artists like Machine Gun Kelly Granted, for a different generation, but what are your thoughts on this movement to bring the sound back to more audiences? Because sometimes it can open the door where underground artists then get found because there's people that are like, I like this punk rock music or whatever it is. I need to find more, you know? So what are your thoughts on it? I mean, Machine Gun Kelly, before you get into it, <laughs> the music at backing him, Travis Barker, I like it. I do. I dig it. And I at first I was like, I'm going to give this a chance. And then I listen to the lyrics. I'm like, this is whack. Like, this is just about him like whining. <laughs> it's not about anything. But what are your thoughts? It's, just, on it? it's, a, it's a lot about drugs, is what it is. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings on it because yeah, you're right. In, anytime you get a, a resurgence in a style of music like that, it's gonna inspire people, and that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's great. Um, personally, you know, like my mom bought me that CD. Like, oh, oh, I, I bet. Oh, come on, it's Travis Barker. You'll like it. You know, like one. I think it's hilarious that. Eminem roasted this dude so bad that he just put away the microphone and had to just make a different style of music. That's funny to me. Two, it's sort of got the little Wayne effect. Like, you know, when he was trying to like pretending to play guitar on stage, but not actually doing it. Um, Cause if you read the liner notes in the CD, she bought it for me. I did. It's, it's like all session players. He doesn't play on almost any of the songs and yet he's in the music videos strumming along like right. he did play on the songs and he didn't um and that was always a thing for me when i was coming up as a kid you know it's like the backstreet boys and nsync and britney spears or whatever was the big thing when i'm getting into punk rock and i was like these motherfuckers don't write their own songs they don't play their own instruments like what is the appeal what are you guys connecting with here and so i feel a little bit like it's just artificial um not to just keep being negative, but it's uh, just to be honest. I mean, no, yeah. um, I love Travis Barker's music. I love Blink. I love uh, the Transplants. I love the stuff that he's done with Goldfinger. And yet he has, in my opinion, like the worst taste in rap music. Like we couldn't be more opposites on the rappers that he's worked with. And uh, so him bringing sort of that element lyrically to pop punk doesn't do anything for me. And, uh, yeah, and it's sort of got the, like, you know, and I, I love a lot of what John Feldman has done as a producer. He's the singer from Goldfinger. But it's also become this sort of, like, really auto-tuned, really, right. like, you know, beat-replaced, manipulated kind of 
of music. And so it's just got a lot of characteristics that I don't like. If it does lead somebody back to the descendants in Green Day or something, then fantastic. But like on the on the surface, it's something I think I put on the record one or two times and was like, I just I can't. <laughs> it's not for me. You know, like Avril Lavigne is, is having a big moment right now. Yeah. On tour with this guy as like some pop punk queen when like the reality was I bought that record. She had one or two songs on that first record that were like skater boy and whatever that were like pop punk songs. And the rest of it was actually this kind of nice singer songwriter melodic pop that was great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too, but some, it's not punk at all. Yeah. And she had some great lyrics and some great hooks on it. And yet everyone remembers her for like the one video. And so it it's weird. It's like she's made these other kinds of music, these other adjacent pop singer-songwriter things all these years, and now is having this weird like pop punk resurgence with Machine Gun Kelly. And right. it was like And she's I like don't 40. Get, you know how you are the the face of this but i mean like good for you i want sure. you to be successful I mean, she, but like she made music for dawson for like she made one song that said skater in it and then she made uh music for shows like dawson's creek <laughs> you know and yeah so it was kind of it's funny but yeah they have this tour and i i'm i'm happy about the concept of anybody going in that direction i i, I thought many times over with the election of donald trump with with i mean I would. I thought that there'd be a resurgence of a resurgence of like pop punk, you know, punk rock music in the mainstream. And I mean, everything is so click based and stuff. It's it's different so much because a lot of what made punk rock so great was its obscurity. Is that you had to know, like you know, if you you only know if you know, kind of thing. It's not like it was going to be put in front of you a bunch of times. You know, it was like something that was kind of passed around behind the scenes, you know, and then you had to go to the shows to learn about new bands and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's just anytime that there's yeah, that, an opportunity for it to, to hit the mainstream again, I'm kind of like at least willing to give it a chance. But yeah, th- I mean, those those are, are all good things. And I don't want to come off as some kind of no. purist. I just if you're asked my personal opinion, there are a lot of like aesthetic choices that just don't resonate right. with me. Totally. And so that, that that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, I'm not going to like shit on anybody who who does like it um it just it's that that's not going to be my go-to right you know like (laughs) i'd rather listen to the new uh less than jake or the new goldfinger or the you know like all these uh bands who are still doing that music exceptionally well now right so now live performance you had previously talked about kind of basically retiring from at least national touring you had said that you would you would you know be open to some shows in the northwest this new album being something that you're super proud of, I know that you kind of were like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a couple shows. So you had a show, record release show up in Portland, and then an upcoming show in Eugene Thursday the 30th, and we'll talk about that in a second. How, tell me about the Portland show. What was that all about? Oh, it was amazing. Um, my goal for the record, because one, I don't want to do those you know little-ass headlining tours anymore, and two, it was not even clear that I would be able to get our original drummer for a show or anything because uh, he's still full-time dad. He didn't even play on the record. We, we invited our friend Mike to, to fill in from Death by Stereo. And so um, well, I really didn't know when the album was done if there would be a performance. And so my goal was, okay, what if there's a way to get 
a couple like good opening slots where there's a little more of a built-in crowd, right? We can cover the same number of people in, you know, a small handful of shows instead of going out there for weeks and, uh, you know, playing for 20 people at a time or something. And so luckily that occurred through luck. Uh, we were invited by Trevor Riley from O Wilhelm Scream, one of our very favorite bands. Uh, they just released a new album and he had been a, a, a podcast guest twice on my show, the Take 92 podcast. And so he invited us to open the show in Portland. And uh, then this other show we've got coming up this week is uh, another one where we were invited by the promoter. And it was like, uh, hey, are you guys uh, accepting shows? Because anybody who books shows in Eugene for the last, I don't know, seven to 10 years um, would know that if you reach out to us and say, hey, I got a show, blah, 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 we just be like, no, sorry. Because <laughs> yeah. usually it was just me and Kellen and we would hire a different bass player when we would do a tour. And so we never had like a functioning lineup. So right now, playing these two shows with, uh, uh, you know, the first one being a band that we've listened to for almost 20 years. And it's all three longtime members of the band since 2006. It's me, Ben Polanski on bass, and Kellen Holty on drums. And it was a magic feeling to get in a room with all those dudes and play these songs. And uh, we got an incredible response at that show. You know, it was uh, it was a, a great turnout. Every person in the room, every person on the bill, all came up to us and showed love. You know, it was our biggest release day, just in terms of like what, what we sold. Wow. You know, I felt I felt a lot of love and validation because, you know, like I said, Facebook deletes your page. Right. You're trying to share your your new record, and and you it's not getting out to anyone you know you get 10 likes or something and and nobody hears it and so it's like oh man what a bummer like no one's even gonna hear this milestone record in my life you know that i feel is the pinnacle of what i've been trying to do for 25 years in this kind of music and you know you get all that love from all those people it's like okay a reminder social media is not real life uh we made a real connection here and i'm excited to uh, share it with folks here in in our hometown. Yeah, you know, we haven't played a hometown show since 2019. I haven't been to the new John Henry's. I turn into a pumpkin at like 9 p.m. on weeknights, so we'll see if I can make it through. What time <laughs> does the show start? It's uh, doors are at eight and music's at nine. There's only three acts, so it won't be a long right. Late so show. it's at John Henry's Thursday, July 30th, June. Sorry, sorry. June. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday, June 30th, uh, and so. It's, you know, the Clandemic record release show for the band Dead Fucking Serious. My um, guest is Sammy Warmhands. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to James Barber of Oregon Cashflow Pro. He's been uh, behind the scenes, my biggest sponsor since the beginning, since he was the first person to offer me one before I even thought I could ask for one. And nice. I want to say thank you to all my sponsors, uh, individuals and businesses. I've got a handful, but I'd really, I need more for advertising. So if you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can go to strpod.com. And now you can order uh, stickers and magnets on the website. If you order a magnet, I'll throw in a sticker. Kind of, I mean, I even, I'm full disclosure, the description I've said straight up, like <laughs> this is a cheaply made pro promotional material, but it's what, it's what helps me grow the, the project so if you donate you get a sticker or a magnet 
So you can go to strpod.com and then in the drop down there's a, there's a shop you can click on. And I'm working on shirts and some other stuff. Uh, Sammy Warmhands, I appreciate it so much. I'm I'm a fan of your work. I love that you are able to do both genres so so well. Uh, I think that anyone that's never listened to your music should go check out your YouTube channel because there's just so much. So Sammy Warmhands on YouTube. Uh, and then, yeah, go to the show, guys. It's Thursday, June 30th at the new John Henry's. And so uh, where is the new John Henry? It's like just around the corner. Uh, yeah, it's very close to the old one. I haven't been inside yet, but uh, I, I saw a photo of it. I think it's it's right over there by the, the uh, Broadway Metro. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, John Henry's has been a staple for both hip hop and punk rock for forever. And it disappeared. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's where uh, the Drake, I think, is what it's called now. Uh, and then, you know, there's a lot behind that. We can talk about that at a later, at a different time. Yeah. I was just barely too young. You know, we would, we would play all ages shows with friends bands in high school and those guys were in their twenties and they would be playing shows at places like John Henry's and, you know, we could never get in. And then that place closed and years later when I'm doing rap stuff with the illusionists, we played a million shows at the second John Henry's. And that was one of our very favorite places. Yeah. Like I was, I was really heartbroken when that was just gutted and turned into a, you know, sterile looking sports bar. Right. It got turned into machine gun Kelly of, of venues. <laughs> yeah. <there you laughs> so, go. so, so full go. circle. So, Hey, Sammy Warmhands, thank you so much for the uh, video listeners. If you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, go to, uh, take92.com to listen to the song Panicdote. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's on all the streaming uh, stuff, to, or most of it. We've had a little resistance, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's on most places you get your music. I'll put it that way. That's awesome. So yeah, I know what you mean. I've had the same happen. Not not for the same reasons. Well, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. so uh, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, we're gonna end this with a song. This is the song by the band Dead Fucking Serious. It's called Panic Dough, and it's available on Take92.com.
Everyone's running, we're gonna turn it on their back!